Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Is solar the answer when the government can't keep the lights on? Puerto Rico certainly hopes so. On this episode of Parts Per Billion, we talk to Bloomberg Environment's Rebecca Kern, who just got back from the island to see how things are going months after the storm. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Parts Per Billion, the environmental policy podcast from Bloomberg Environment. I'm your host, David Schultz. Today we're speaking with Rebecca Kern. She covers energy here at Bloomberg and she just got back from a five-day trip to Puerto Rico. Believe it or not, she said there are still lots of places where the power still, still isn't back. And this is an especially auspicious time for Puerto Rico because just days ago, the Army Corps of Engineers announced it was completing major operations there, though not everyone thinks the job is fully completed. And we're also on the verge of another hurricane season. Everyone's crossing their fingers that this year goes better than last year, although it's hard to see how it could be any worse. Rebecca said she noticed a very stark contrast when she was in Puerto Rico between the island's capital, San Juan, and its more remote rural areas. Well, it's interesting. You see San Juan is the main city, and that is up and running. But but you still run into traffic lights that are not powered. So so driving in San Juan was a little, like, a little crazy. But you leave the city for the mountain range where... Uh, it's the central mountain range across the island where this is where they're having the hardest time powering up again. Um, the distribution and transmission lines were wiped out. So I, I did go to the mountain region, and that is where there's there's a lot more trees down, limbs, and power lines still not connected. And we should say this is nine months after Hurricane Maria, which is the the, the big hurricane big last hurricane, year that yeah. really devastated the island. And Except they're September still having year. problems. Yes. We are um, approaching nine months. It was September 20th was Maria. And then two weeks before was Irma, a smaller a smaller storm, but still did damage. Um, the people I met in this area called Bayamon, outside of San Juan, lost power in Irma, the first storm, and they still don't have power. And how? why has it been so difficult to, to restore power? What's, what's the holdup? Well, it's a lot of things. Um, the island is $74 billion in debt, so they have that's, that. That's a, that's a, that sounds like a big problem. The utility is $9 billion in debt. That was of that total. And they have not done good maintenance on their grid that was built in the 50s, and it just hasn't been maintained. And they haven't really had an, any real incentive because the publicly owned utility, not investor-owned, is a lot of ours 
in the U.S. are. So they have shareholders. They have a reason to keep updating their system. So it was never really set up well to begin with. And then a category for, for hurricane hits it. And then you have a mountainous region I've referred to in the middle of the island. And it's, it's really difficult to power that area. And you mentioned that the, the Army Corps uh, is leaving the island. Um, and they were doing a lot. It sounds like they were doing a lot of the construction. Like what kind of Things did you see the, them doing? FEMA was the first, this is the main U.S. agency sent down there in emergencies. And then they tasked Army Corps for emergency grid repair. And so they've been down there and they didn't, then contracted to other groups. The crews I met up with were utility, the PREPA, the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority. Army Corps was all over the island too. And, and they're just repairing lines. And... Um, and cutting down tree limbs. So it's it's May right now. We're approaching another hurricane season. It's just around the corner. Do you think that the island is ready? I mean, is is FEMA and and are FEMA and the Army Corps just going to be back in a few months? The hurricane season starts June first. Technically, we saw these storms hit in September. Um, we. Don't know. FEMA says they are committed to be on the island for years to come. So they're not leaving any Years to come. Yeah, that they said for as long as it takes, we're going to be committed. So they're not leaving, but they were not doing the individual utility electric repairs. They've, they have a broader mission. No, I've talked to a lot of people. The, the grid is band-aided. It is not... turning band-aid into a verb yeah yes yes so it's not um they didn't repair every line i saw lines where like a splint like a a separate piece of wood was put in the broken wood to just keep it together um and many people have admitted that to get an emergency situation you just do what you can get online and and that's all army corps has to do their mandate was emergency restoration and repair and replacement was not their mandate and they will tell you that so it's the utilities job to really replace but it sounds like uh, based on on your reporting that a lot of people are kind of just have given up on the utility as you mentioned the publicly owned utility which i think is called prepa there right have just given up and are there's a ton of anger uh, understandable at at the utility and they're looking for a new solution, and, and it sounds like that solution is solar. Yes. So that was the other part of my reporting trip was seeing meeting with solar installers who are pairing solar panels with batteries. It's a package, and that's because you can basically get in island mode, therefore after. Island mode? Yeah. It's, it's a term of like where you can operate separate from the grid. So you can power during the day with solar, but when it's attached to the battery, you, you back up that power for the use, the demand of the electricity at the night, in the evening when the sun isn't It sounds like the people installing the solar panels, though, are not totally comfortable with people just relying on those for their power. They think it's good to be grid connected because, you know, if a solar or battery, you know, panel were to not operate, what is your backup? Your backup could be the power from the grid or you could own a diesel generator, which is what everyone else has gone out and done as well. It's just not environmentally sound and expensive. There were long lines for gasoline to power the diesel generators um, and 
right after the sermon. They were short it is. They had to limit how much they could give to people. But you also spoke with a, a solar panel installer. Yeah, his name was Victor Gonzalez. He's pre- president of Winmar PV. And he was the one who said, you know, he's heard a lot of anger from customers with with Prepa who want to just, you know, get out and, you know, bash their meter um, from Prepa after they get their solar and battery system. There are customers there who are able to, who just don't want to deal anymore mm-hmm. with the power company. They just want to have their solar panels and their batteries. And most of those people, we tell them, look, you still have the grid, don't cut the cable, just keep it there because it doesn't cost you anything. It costs you $3 a month Mm -hmm. to keep your connection to the power. Mm -hmm. But most of them, they are so Mm -hmm. irritated. You know, they are so upset with the prepa that they, you know, they're waiting for us to finish our installation, to just go out there with a hammer and smash the (laughs) power meter and say, I don't want to deal with you. But he, he also, you know, is saying, we need we need our grid because you know for backup purposes and you can send it back to the grid the excess power you get from solar and i i did travel to an island off Puerto Rico with him, Culebra, which the, the even the utility is envisioning as could be a, a microgrid uh, where they don't have to they could operate um, with solar and battery powers and, and Victor uh, has expressed interest in in powering that further with solar and battery. He already has one, at least a few solar farms there paired with battery. One is is running the waste treatment plant. And then ultimately, you know, in your opinion, based on what you saw, do you think that the enthusiasm for solar in Puerto Rico is a little premature? Or do you think that this is, you know, how people will survive natural disasters in the future, which are, you know, by all accounts, becoming more frequent, more uh, intense, is this really how it's going to work, or is it, you know, maybe just sort of wishful thinking? The utility CEO who started in March, he is all on board with a, a multi-generation source. So he wants renewables to be part of it. Right now, they make up one percent of the grid, and it's a very sunny place. And and yeah. I would say the optimism is sunny for solar. Um, there we see more and more solar installers moving down there. U.S. companies, Sunova and Sunrun, have have already installed. They've donated systems um, right after the storm, but they are getting customers on board. And you need the government backing it, and you need the utility backing it. And we're seeing them warm up to the solar idea. And um, ba- like I said, batteries will be the pair to make it more resilient and reliable. That was Rebecca Kern talking about her recent trip to Puerto Rico. For more of her reporting on the island's recovery, as well as the broader energy industry, visit our website at news.bloombergenvironment.com. Parts Pavilion is produced by myself with help from Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. Our audio engineer is Nicholas Anzalata. Our editor is Marissa Horn. The music for Parts Pavilion is A Message by Jazar. It was used under a Creative Commons license. More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. 
At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.